This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. You believe? Fellowship, she says, good. Do you believe that God will give you today what you came for? Or did you come here just to take up a seat? Okay, so right now, I just want you to close your eyes and you tell God specifically what you want to be different by the time you walk out of this place. Now, when you do that, God said, I will. It's already done. So there's no fight to it. It's receiving. We labor to enter into his rest. The only one against you getting what you ask God for is the enemy. And you're thinking. So with that, let's do this. Can I have Jerry, Pastor, and Miss Lauren come on up here? I want to show you something. Lauren, in front of your granddad and Jerry behind. Okay. Now, let's go go this way right here. Right here. Okay. (laughs) Right here. And right here. <clears throat> All right. Let's start with this. Second Corinthians 5.17 says this. Well, Father, I know the pastor's already prayed, but we thank you and we praise you for everything that you want to do today and that rivers of living water flow out. And we give you praise, we give you honor because it will be all accomplished according to your word. And we exercise our faith and we believe that we receive everybody that has asked you for something that they receive before they walk out this door. And Father, we're thanking for the manifestations of those things today that we are leaving different than we came. And we give you the praise and the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any man... Any man be in Christ, the anointed one of God, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're not redone. You're brand new. But the truth is the spirit man right here, Jerry, lift your hand. The spirit man has been created. The outward suit, the body, doesn't look like anything's changed unless somebody told you you could believe for healing at the same time and maybe you got a manifestation of that. Most of the time, the outward body remains the same. So what is the problem? Pastor Bob, raise your hand. (laughs) The soul. Okay, so if you get nothing else today besides what you came for, the spirit man brand new, who does he look like? Genesis 126, God said, Father, Son, Holy Spirit talking, let us make man in our image. You ever wonder how come the earth suit looks so different? It's because this, the real us, was created in the image of God. So when we're born again, there's no deficiency in this spirit, none whatsoever, no deficiency, nothing. So in that spirit, God says that he has sealed us with the Holy Spirit. His spirit, this spirit, talks to God's spirit. And we get what God says. Now, here's what happens. Is this area right here, which is your soul, your mind, 
your will, and your emotions. If I can take you to Romans 12, 1 and 2 real quick. Let's see. Janie, can you pull that up? If not, I'll just recite it. No, okay. So it says to be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. All right? Now, transformation is like a caterpillar to a butterfly difference. That's how big of a difference. So think about yourself before you were born again to when you were born again. What, what is the difference? And as you walk out the life in Christ Jesus who has set you free from the law of sin and death, do you see a change? And if you see a change, it's because you are doing the Romans 12, 1 and 2. Not being, not thinking the way the world thinks, not doing it the way the world does it, but you are taking the time and effort to put the word of God into your soulish area. You are bringing your emotions under control. You are bringing your thought process, taking every thought captive, the word of God says. So how do you take every thought captive? You never erase anything. You can only replace. So you take the word of God, and you know that thought that comes, well, I can't believe that person was such an awful thing to me. I bet you, I hope God gets them. Well, is that right thinking according to the scriptures? It's not. God says, forgive. Well, I, you don't know what they did to me. I don't know how I can ever forgive. It's a choice, and you make that choice in the soulish realm. So you take every thought captive, mind, your will, and your emotions. All right, everybody there? How do you renew? By renewing your mind to what God says and act on what God says. What you think about, you meditate on. What you meditate on, you talk about. What you talk about, you act on. What you act on, it forms habits, and guess what? Habits control you. I've said this before, if you don't think they do, the five first things you do in the morning, put them in reverse order and tell me how long you're able to do that. You don't like it, your body doesn't like it, the soulish realm has got their things intact and this is the way we're going to do it. Will you make a quality decision to change? Now the quality decision, remember, is one from which there is no more argument. This is what we're going to do, this is how we're going to do it, and it's done, and there's no retreat. So when you're faced up with that chocolate piece of chocolate pie, you've made a decision, you're not eating any more sweets, what happens? The body says, I want it. I'm getting it. It'll be fine. I'll start tomorrow, right? That's what's happening in this soulish realm, and the body's telling the soul, oh, no, let's get it, let's get it. It feels good. Let's do it. Let's do it. Listen, nobody will know, right? But you know, you know. And then the wonderful part about that is after you indulge because you got weak and you're not set where you're supposed to be, after you indulge, your enemy comes along and says, ha, 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 I knew you were going to do that. You're just not worth anything. Look, at you can't even resist one piece of chocolate cake. How are you going to do? See, no matter what you do, he's coming after you to steal the word, to steal the word, to steal the word. So the soulish area is where you put your effort into lining up with the things of God and believing God. And when you do that, the body does not dictate. Because what happens is that the soul, the, the spirit who is hooked up with God will talk to the soul, all right? And the soul says, let's talk, both arms. <laughs> And the Spirit's always, always 
always giving you communication. God never leaves you. God never forsakes you. It's always talking. The body is always trying to tell the spirit something. I don't want to do it. I mean, the trying to try the soul. I'm not going to do it. You're not going to make me do it. I am not getting up. It's too early. It's 5.30. No, we're not getting up till 8. Nah, not happening. And so what happens is when the soul makes the decision hooked up with, the power comes from the word of God, when it makes the decision that, no, I said that we're getting everything that God says. So this is what you're going to do, body. You're going to do what I tell you to do. And see, the body has to go around for the ride. Because when you exit, you, when you exit, when you're gone, the body ceases to exist. The soul goes with the spirit. And so in reality, this is how the picture should be. This is how the picture should be. Can we turn around? Thank you. This is the spirit man who leads because he's hooked up with God. The mind, will, and emotions choose the spirit way, and the body has no other choice but to go with, line up, be healed, hold, delivered, and set free. Amen. Thank you all. Appreciate you. So, nobody walks up to somebody's house on the outside of their house and they take a window and they start pounding on the window and they talk to the window as if they're going to respond. You go into, thank you, Lauren, you go into and you talk to the person in the house. Well, your spirit man is who we want to get connected with, who we want to be connected with. How we think is a product of what we've put in. So if you want to think differently, we have to go to the Word of God to see what it says. All right, so let's go to numbers. Who would have thought we'd be in numbers? Let's see. I'm going to go, I'm going to start in Numbers 13. And I'll set the stage for number 13, Numbers 13. This is, um, God has told them, the Israelites, the wonderful land of milk and honey. Everything that's there. And so um, I'm not going to get into the particulars of how they came about going, but in verse, um, in the beginning of uh, chapter 13, um, Moses is telling to go who's picking and who's supposed to go into the land and they're going to spy it out and um, some of the things that he wants them to do while they're there. And so there's 12 spies that go into the land that God has called milk and honey and it's already uh, proclaimed that it belongs to them. And so I just want to skip a little bit, but we'll start... Um, 23, I think, is where I want to start here. Let's start. They, they also picked some pomegranates and some figs. They named the place Eshol Valley, Grape Clustered Valley, because of the huge cluster of grapes they had cut down there. <clears throat> and after 40 days uh, of scouting out the land, they returned home. Now, one of the uh, renditions of this, or one of the versions of this, says that the, there was so much, that, that cluster of grapes that they picked, there were so many that they put it on poles and carried it. And so this is kind of a picture. God said that uh, the land flowing with milk and honey. 
And to me, I look at this and I see, well, here's further proof of what God says is already there. Look at grapes that were so big that a bunch of them it took a couple men to carry. It's another way God shows provision. And I think if we look in our world, we see all the different ways that God shows provision to us. And we kind of take it for granted. We kind of ignore it. We don't look at it for what it is. Let's look at verse 26. And this is the message Bible that we're reading from. And they presented themselves before Moses and Aaron, the whole congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They reported to the whole congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Now, if I, if I mangle any of these words, please forgive me ahead of time. <laughs> they told the story of their trip. He went to the land to which you sent us, and oh, it does flow with milk and honey. Just look at this fruit. Don't you think there's a butt coming? <laughs> the only thing, now listen, when somebody says, the word of God says this, but, let me tell you the but. You know, they spend very little time on what the word of God says, but they want to talk about but the but. Um, the only thing is that the people who live there are fierce. Their cities are huge and well fortified. Worse yet, we saw descendants of the giant Anak. Amalekites are spread out in the Nigri, is that right? Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites hold the hill county, and the Canaanites are established on the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan. So here they're telling everything that's going on. This is the land that is full of milk and honey. It's a wonderful place. It's just absolutely great. However, there's some things that you need to know. Caleb interrupted, called for silence before Moses and said, let's go up and take the land now. We can do it. Did not God tell them it belonged to them, that he was with them? But the others said, we can't attack these people. They're way stronger than we are. They spread scary rumors among the people of Israel. They said, we scouted out the land from one end to the other. It's a land that swallows people whole. Everybody we saw was huge. Now, remember that report you got? Was it a huge report? They said, the ones with the white coat said, they said, there are giants in the land, and there is no way. The only thing we're going to do is we're going to manage. We're going to try to hold out. You may go a few extra, but all we're going to do is we're going to pay attention to the giants in the land. Isn't that not right? I'm going to tell you there's another way. i got to go back to 31. But others said, we can't attack those people. They're way stronger than we are. They spread scary rumors among the people of Israel. They said, we scouted out the land from one end to the other. These are good people, chosen people, coming back with a report. It's a land that swallows people whole. Everybody, everybody we saw was huge. Why, we even saw the Nephilim, Nephilim giants, the Anak giants, come from the Nephilim. Alongside them, we felt like grasshoppers, and they looked down on us as if we were grasshoppers. We are but grasshoppers in their sight. We amount to nothing. Really? How do you know what they thought? It was what you thought, and you projected on the situation 
to assume somebody looks at you and they don't smile. You think that they're mad because of something you might have done. You assume things not in evidence. See, they, they you know, you read these accounts, there was fear of God's people in cases. And the people so feared because of what they had heard. Well, we are not to fear. We are to fight fear with the plan. God's plan. God's plan. So verse 14, let's see, uh, Numbers 14, verse 1, the whole community was in an uproar, wailing all night long. Now, they're in an uproar. You think they were in uproar good or not so good? Against the things of God. They were so on the problem. That's what they talked about all night long was the problem. How they couldn't, how they shouldn't, how they wouldn't prevail, how it would not be good for them. That's all the things that they rehearsed all night long and talked other people into it. All the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The entire community was on it. Why didn't we die in Egypt? Our wives and our children are about to become plunder. Why don't we just head back to Egypt and right now? What was in Egypt? Slavery, wasn't it? It was hard work, toil. There wasn't anything good going on there. And they're saying, I want to go back because there's a little comfort in knowing what's back there. Well, let me ask you, have you ever wanted to go back to when you were 40 or 29 or 36? Have you ever wanted to go back home for a visit? Was it ever the same as when you left? It is never the same. Why would you want to go back? All that is is the enemy coming up to you, showing you a false, a, a, uh, a lie. It wasn't better back there. It wasn't better. So here's what the thing is. You fight fear with a plan. You choose to go forward and face fear or you choose to hightail it and let fear come after you and you're bound by fear. See, when you go forward and you face that false evidence appearing real, it doesn't take any more energy to do that than it does to go backward. And in the long run, it takes a lot more energy. You know, people say, it's, I, I want to do the word of God, I want to do the things, but it's just so hard. Well, I'm here to tell you, I don't know about you, but I do know about me. Life is hard some days. And it takes a lot less energy to believe God and get good results than it does to let fear have its way and be miserable day in and day out. Though I fall, I shall arise. Um... So, our wives and our children are about to become plunder. Why don't we just head back to Egypt? And right now, soon they were all saying it to one another. Let's pick a new leader. Really? Who picked Moses? God did. God did. God did. How is man going to remove somebody that God has picked? Not successfully, for sure. Uh, let's see, let's head back to Egypt. So they went to pick a new leader and head back to Egypt. Moses and Aaron fell on their face in front of the entire community, gathered in emergency session. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of, yes, whoever he is, <laughs> members of the scouting party, ripped their clothes and addressed the assembled people of Israel. 
The land we walked through and scouted out is a very good land, very good indeed. If God is pleased with us, he will lead us into the land, a land that flows, as they say, with milk and honey, and he'll give it to us. Just don't rebel against God, and don't be afraid of those people. Why? We'll have them for lunch. They have no protection, and God is on our side. Don't be afraid of them. But up in arms now, the entire communities was talking of hurling stones at them. Just then, the bright glory of God appeared at the tent of the meeting. Every Israelite saw it. God said to Moses, how long will these people treat me like dirt? How long will they refuse to trust me? Now, that's the message translation of that, but just think about the, the basics of this, how God views when we don't trust him. It's not a good thing. Now, I want to show a couple things to you in this and how it relates to um, healing and sickness and disease. There were 12 spies, right? Two came back, Joshua and Caleb came back and said, now, first of all, let's look at this. 12 people went. 12 people saw the exact same thing, the exact same thing. They saw land flowing of milk and honey. They saw, but now two went with God's perspective, and 10 went with their own perspective, limited, earthly, without any vision. Two went knowing what God had, they all went knowing what God had said, but two went Believing God, what God had said. So when you're going, you're looking for a brand new house and you're searching through everything and you have your list of what you want and when you spot item number one, it's, oh yeah, that's the type of kitchen. That's what, that's what I want, God. Yes, this is perfect. And this is, oh yes, I like the setup. This, oh, and look at the yard. And everything that you see that has been lined up, you rejoice over and you're excited about. They saw land flowing with milk and honey. They saw... But you know what? They said kind of, well, God didn't tell us the whole truth. He told us there was a land, the 10 I'm talking about right now, said there was a land flowing with milk and honey, but he didn't tell us anything about the giants. He didn't tell us anything about the giants. What are we going to do about the giants? Well, did you ever think that perhaps that God did not count the giants worthy of conversation? They had already been defeated. They had already been given the land of milk and honey. You have already been, it's already been paid for. You have already been given healing. It's not a promise. It's a provision. It's paid for. It's already been given to you. He withholds no good thing from you. So, now notice, two out of the 12 stood with God. What does it tell you about the world? If you're usually with the 10, you're going the wrong way. That's a real indication. If you're matched up with what the world's doing, how the world's going, and doing it the same way they're doing, you're out of step with God. Because the things of this world is not where God is focused. He's focused on the things that Jesus did and how that you're more than a conqueror, that you're victorious, that you have what's already paid for. Healing already belongs to you. It's not going to someday in the sweet by and by, if it be his will, come on you, jump on you, and you will never have a care in the world. 
He said, no. He said, I've done it this way. It's already paid for. You enter in. You receive. I freely give to you. It's already been given. Already, he already bore it. So two of them confessed the truth. Ten of them confessed facts as they viewed them. Two of them saw it from God's perspective by his strength and his resources. The ten saw it from their perspective with limited resources, and they were lack-minded, lack-minded. The two of them compared the giants to their God. Look at, look at this giant who is nothing compared to my God came with healing in his wings. My God is able to give us. In the middle of this, Caleb says, let's go do it. Let's go do it now because our God will prevail here. And you find out later on, if you continue to read, you find out that eventually the Israelites repented and they said, well, let's go get the land. And Moses says, "Mm -mm, don't do it. Basically, you're out of God's will. They said, no, no, we're going to go do it. And they did, and they didn't make it. So not only were in disobedience there, then they refused to even correct themselves and go. When God said not to go, then they decided they're going to go. So you can make a mistake. It's not a big deal. God loves you. He forgives you. But then get in obedience. Don't try to do what you were supposed to do before and say, well, I'm going to do it now against what God is telling you to do at that moment. Line up with the word of God. All you had to do is repent, receive forgiveness, open your ears, and walk forward. Don't allow the devil to come alongside of you and tell you how rotten you are, how you missed it, it didn't happen, you shouldn't have done it that way. And Well, yeah, I did miss it. Well, glory to God. Thank God he's not out to get me. If he was looking for me, how long do you think it would take him to find me? See, those types of things just don't hold water where the scripture is concerned. He said every good and perfect gift is from above. Every good and perfect gift. When's the last time anybody described cancer as good or perfect? When's the last time anybody described a stroke and the effects of a stroke as good or as perfect? When's the last time anybody described anything about Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's, Lewy body? None of it. It's going to scream in terror. We're going to hear it as it goes. We're going to hear it get out. I firmly believe that that is ours. It's not. The brain's just another organ of the body. If the kidneys don't function, we life it with the word of God. If the brain is lazy, we life it with the word of God. The brain is just another organ of the body. It can't stand. What is it against our God? What is it against our God? What is a missing limb against our God that created everything? He created everything, everything, every part of you. You got something that's malfunctioning? What is it against your God? Nothing. Line up in the name of Jesus. Yeah, but it hurts. Okay. Is the pain truth or fact? It's a fact. And what do we do with facts? We take the word of God and change them. That's it. Didn't have a right. Didn't have a right. It has no rights. None. 
How many times have we come in and said, well, it's okay. I don't quite feel good today. I, I think I'll just sit down. I think I'll just, I'll be all right tomorrow. I'm just going to pull the covers up today and I'll be okay. See, all we did was pamper that body. Where if the reality is we get the soul listening to the spirit and out of the abundance of your heart, the word of God that you have planted in there comes out of your mouth. Your mouth has to be hooked up with your inner man and what you believe. There's no power outside of to change what you need to change outside of the word of God. So you hook up, you hook up your speaker. Hook it up with what's inside. Speak what you want. Don't allow your body to rule. It doesn't rule. So it doesn't feel good. Get over it. How many times have you told your kid, yeah, you'll be fine. Get up. Get moving, you know? Tessa Claremont years ago, she had this thing about, um, she's the funniest. If you've never heard her. She's just a funny, funny, funny lady. But her six-year-old was uh, supposed to get on the bus and go to school. And um, uh, so he went out there to do it. And this thing she knows, he's back in the house and he's putting his books down. And she says, son, what are you doing? And he said, well, I don't want to go to school. It's too long. It's too hard. And sometimes it's boring. She said, honey, you just described life. Get on the bus. <laughs> sometimes the enemy just comes and says you're not worth anything. What are you still doing hanging around? You know, you look at, you know, Jerry's got everything going on in his life. Everything's wonderful. What are you doing? You haven't been able to do this. You're trapped here. You really can't go. You don't really have the finances to do. And you know those friends you used to come around. Nobody comes around anymore. You know, it's not, you know, aren't you tired? Don't you just want to lay your head down? Do you really want to go on anymore? See, you listen to the enemy and you start going with the enemy. My body hurts. You know that they said that... Um, uh, barring a miracle that I'm not going to be around this time next year. And they said that everything will get worse. It's going to go from not hardly being able to walk to not being able to walk at all. And, and they said, I'm just going to have to have 24-hour care. I won't be able to do anything for myself. And, and they said that I better get everything in order because my life is short. Well, who are they? in comparison to my God. What did my God say about it? My God said that I'm ahead and I'm not the tail, I'm above and not beneath, and whatsoever I set my hands to prospers. That means I expect that these hands, when I touch something, that they prosper. It says the blessings will come up on me, jump on me, hold on, and never let me go. Well, it says goodness and mercy follow me. Goodness, mercy, come on, we're going this way. They follow me all the days of my life. It says that I am the head, I am not the tail. It says, I am healed. And then as I read in Deuteronomy, it tells me, around about 59 to 61, it says, every disease that's not even listed and diseases of long continuance are under the curse. But I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. I had this horrific thing happen this last weekend, and, and uh, for the first hour of dealing with uh, this traumatic thing going on, um, I was on the phone with a friend and just kind of, ah, this is what's going on. And my friend reminds me who I am. And it took me about an hour with dealing with the physical side of these things 
and dealing with what they said was going to be a loss. And in and, and, and walking through that, it took me about, about an hour after I left the facility, and I'm thinking, well, who am I? Who? Who am I? Now, let me, wait, 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 wait. Somebody's talking in my ear that is foreign to me. They're telling me how I'm going to lose this, how I'll never have this, and how I wasn't good about this, and I should have done that, and there's nothing I can do, and how much it's going to cost, and all the stuff that's going through that. Well, who are you? Well, I can tell you who I am. I'm in Christ. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I don't have to accept what they said. As a matter of fact, I don't accept what they said. And what they anticipated was going to come to pass by Monday morning did not come to pass. And then what they're telling me is going to come to pass is not coming to pass. Because every time that my mind gets wrapped around it, I tell it what it's going to do. I tell the circumstances what they're going to do. They're going to bow their knee. They're going to bow their knee. You're going to change because the word of God is true. You're not truth. You're just a fact. And my God... My God, what he told me, his word is truth. My God told me that this is the way it can be if I will line up and get it. Well, I'm lined up and I'm getting it. Well, how long is this going to take? How long are you prepared to stand? If you're prepared to stand forever, Brother Hagin says, it won't take so long. And do you know there's something about preparing to stand forever? You have made a quality decision, and you've got on the armor, you know you're not going anywhere, and you're prepared to fight. See, but you're prepared to fight to the end. See, there is no give up. Now, do we fall in the battle? Sometimes we do, but though I fall, I shall arise. Isn't what the scripture says? So when I make a mistake and I'm on my knees and I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm not going to make it. Then you get back up. However you can, get back up with the word of God. And you take the word of God, you allow the word of God to fight your battle. You're not, those of us that are trying to fight are out of step with the word of God. If you've got a whole big burden and life has been tough and you're just in the mulling grubs and you're out of step with the word of God because God said, that the battle belongs to whom? My God. The victory belongs to us. Hebrews 3 and 4, if you read that, it says that we work, we labor to enter into his rest. Now, what did he say about the Israelites? Pretty much, how long, how many things do I have to show them? Will they'll believe me? How long before they'll believe what's going on? And for as many things as we've seen in this day and this age, how long before you believe that God will do it for you now? Now. 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 It's not next week, next year, next month, and three years from now. It's now. It's now. Yeah, but I don't see anything changing. So are you looking the way the ten looked or are you looking the way the two looked? You want to be the two or the ten? I want to be the two. I'll be the two. I'm on the two side. I'm on the God side. The ten side can have their side. But do you know the ten infiltrated everybody in that group? They caused everybody under the age of 20 not to be able to enter in to that land of milk and honey. Everybody. Isn't that something? You wonder about the two and the, the 40 years that they endured, you know, 
How, how's the saying? How can I fly with eagles when I'm stuck with turkeys? <laughs> you got to surround yourself with people who will believe like you. Iron sharpens iron. If you're around somebody that says you're believing in that healing stuff, you believe prayer works, your answer ought to be, you don't? Oh, my God, I can't believe you don't. You don't believe God talks to you? You never hear God? Really? Do you want to hear God? I can help you. See, turn it back around. Turn it back around. Be in the camp that wins. They had to wait a long time to get what they actually got. But they had it back then. The others never got it. The others, let's look at else. Let's look at the rest of this. It says... They saw giants, the two saw the giants as so insignificant. They saw through the facts and confessed truth. They had their eyes of faith, not on the eyes of the flesh. They saw through the facts, the report of, yeah, you will have to take this medicine for all your days. Well, you know what? Here's the medicine, Lord. I thank you that your grace and your mercy provided this medicine. So I'm going to take this medicine, but medicine, I'm going to tell you what. You're going to do only good, and you're not going to do any harm. And by the way, I'm not going to need you all the days of my life. As a matter of fact, you're, I'm less and less dependent upon you every day because my God has healed my body. Well, how will I know when not to take my medicine? God will tell you. God will tell you, and he'll confirm it with the doctors. He's not going to, he's not going to say, you know, I heard this one time, you know, people left a healing service, and they said, oh, bless God, my eyes are healed. They took the glasses off, and they stomped all over, and most of them had to be driven home because they couldn't see. Here's the deal is, your spirit man, when you need healing for your body, do you think your spirit man runs back to God's spirit and say, Psst, God, listen. They need healing for their body. Can I have a little more power? You know, but if you listen to people pray, they say, oh, God, come on me. Heal me now. Well, the truth is that inside your born-again spirit where you were sealed, the power to heal is present. What's the problem? The soul, the mind, the will, and the emotions. When it hooks up, with the Spirit of God, and it purely flows, the body has no choice but to get in line and to be healed. And that just sets somebody free right there. Glory to God. Okay, they saw the ten compare giants to themselves, and as a result, they saw defeat in the doctor's office. Oh, my. Oh, my. I remember we were at one doctor's office, and the report was horrible, and, and um, um, I, made a, I made a statement about taking some time to get the Word of God in, and he was on me like a chicken on a bug. I mean, I didn't even get the sentence out of my mouth, and he was like, ah! and I thought, I don't want to be here. You, you, don't, you, don't, you don't speak for me. And so there's times where you're not going to open your mouth against what's going on, but, you know, like the little kid that was sitting down... Well, I'm sitting down, but I'm standing up inside. So as they tell me the reports, I smile real nice and say, I don't believe that. <laughs> I'm telling myself so my ears can hear. 
that's not my God's report. That is not my God's report. Now listen, I'm not telling you to be stupid. I'm telling you to do the instructions that you're supposed to do. Follow the doctor's advice, but you do it in faith. You do everything in faith. You know, how many times did Jesus say as they went that they were healed? But you know, when we pray, Mark 11, 23 and 4, therefore I say unto you, what things that you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive and you shall have. So if I prayed for a glass of water and somebody gave me a glass of water, how silly do I look? I said, please, God, give me a glass of water. He would say, you got one in your hand, Joe. God, I need a glass of water. Please poof it on me now. I'm so thirsty. Yet I have everything I need and I refuse to open it up and take a drink. How goofy is that? But how often do we pray that way? God, God, give it to me, give it to me. I already did. I already gave it freely at the cross, paid for, debt, paid in full. It's yours. It belongs to you. Participate. Participate. Do your part. Well, what's my part? Believe I receive, take a hold of it, and out of your mouth, you act as if everything that you received is truth because it is truth. You act that way. How do heal people act? Well, how are you feeling today? Well, I'm telling you, the devil's been after me. Really? Yeah, I got him busy. I thought, well, in the word of God, it says that we have authority. Why don't you keep him busy? Here's my thing, is after this latest attack, I'd gotten a little lazy in a couple of things. Well, after this latest attack, I thought, I've had enough of him. I'm not on the defensive anymore. I'm going to plunder. I'm going I'm going to go get people out of hell. You know, by the Spirit of the Lord, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about he who is in me is greater than he is in the world. I'm going to go plunder. I'm going to go after the ones that he thinks are his, that he will never, ever, ever have to worry about letting go. We're just going to get those. We're going to get more people healed. We're going to get more people free. We're going to talk to more people about Jesus. Keep messing with me. I'm just going to kick it up a notch. And though I fall, I shall arise. There's none of us that stay in the high plains every single time. There's valleys and there's peaks and everything else. But we reap if we don't faint. And so I just refuse to faint. So when the symptoms get so bad in your body, you know, keep telling yourself what the Word of God says. Keep putting the Word in you. Keep telling yourself that you're already free. You're already free. That enemy does not belong to me. I don't agree with him. Fight fear with the plan. What's the plan? I believe truth. And I'm going to make every inch and every cell of my body believe truth so much that when a headache tries to come on my body, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to open my mouth and tell it, in the name of Jesus, get off. What's the first thing you do? Run for the aspirin? Lots, a lot of people wear the pills. Let me get pills. Let's do this. It's okay to take them. Just take them in faith. But how much better it is to say, no, no. I told you, get off. And within a couple seconds, there's no hint of anything. You've taken your authority in Jesus. Okay, let's see what else they said. Said it was a 10, said everything God said, but they said everything. Yeah, it is flowing with the land of milk and honey. It is wonderful. It's everything God said. But, you know, 
I know I'm healed, but I hurt so bad. Whose report do you believe? Whose report? Is the pain talking to you or are you talking to the pain? I've heard of this woman. She had um, some horrible diagnosis in her x-rays. She had a copy of her x-rays. Back in the day, I don't know how she got a copy of her x-rays. But she stuck them in her Bible and she had her Bible on her counter. Every time she went by, she would talk to that sickness and disease and tell it to go and, you know. So, I mean, she was talking to her body, you know, but she would, and she said, when the manifestation of her healing hit, I don't know if she was putting up the x-rays or what she was doing, but she took a look at the x-rays. Even x-rays had changed and they were normal. You know, God, we put God in a box sometime. God can do it however God wants to do it. Just line up with his word. When, when you see him so much bigger than the problem, then the problem is not a problem. Remember, he never said anything about any giants in the land. It was a non-issue to him. It was an issue to those that walked in the flesh. Those that saw the things of God, the two, say, yeah, there's giants, but we can take them. It's no big deal. Yeah, there was a death sentence, but it's not a big deal to God. God said, I can have this. Yeah, but what about this? And this is when the friends come in and say, yeah, but you got to watch out and you got to do this. And you gotta. What does God say about it? That's why it's so important. Get hooked up with somebody who will encourage you when you fall down that they will get in the pit to help you get out, but they refuse to get in the pit and stay with you, that they will not let you there. They will tell you truth. They will tell you truth. Say, no, this too shall pass. This is not of God. Anything that is not planted by God, pluck it out, root it out, take the words of your mouth and use the power of God because that's where it's at and pluck it out. It doesn't have to stay there. They, let's see, as a result, they saw defeat even before beginning anything. They saw defeat before beginning anything. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to do this. It just looks so insurmountable. And they saw themselves as grasshoppers, and they can't do it. It will never work, no matter how hard Joshua and Caleb tried to persuade them otherwise. And then they had the magnitude of the people on their side. Two voices. Well, actually, there was more than two, but uh, Moses was there and Aaron, so maybe four voices, four, and a host of people against. Can you stand? Can you stand? Can you stand? Not in your power, but you can stand in the power of God and stand and be victorious even after time. All right. Um, they saw, they focused on facts, facts instead of the truth, which would limit them, and all they saw was the impossible, and then fear was added to it. Can't do what God told them to do because the giants, because there was the problem. So Mark 11, 23 and 24 tells you what to do with the problem. It says, you speak to the problem. And if you believe that those things that you said will come to pass, you will have whatsoever you said. So he's talking about that you speak to it, but it's not what you speak one time, though. What's in abundance is what you speak out of it. If you say, oh, yes, praise the Lord, I'm healed. And then a dear friend calls you and says, how are you doing? How are you really doing? <laughs> I just don't think I'm going to make it, but pray for me. Well, you think you're not going to make it. What good is me praying for you going to do any good? 
You know, these are hard things, especially when your flesh wants to be pampered, when your flesh wants to roll over and say, but you don't understand what I'm going through. No, but if it's too much for Jesus, I can't help you anyway. And I have to understand it. But Jesus does. He knows exactly where you're at. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. And if the real truth could be revealed to each and every one of us today, it doesn't matter what is going on in your life. You don't have to leave with it when you walk out those doors. Because Jesus is now. It's a now thing. You can get rid of it all now. Well, how do I do that? You don't. He does. Have you ever talked to anybody that wants to keep their sickness and disease? They can't hear about healing because you know God gives it you to teach something. What have you learned? Have you learned it? Pass the test. Move on if that's the case. But he doesn't give it to you to teach anything. Jesus never gave anything to anybody to teach it in the scriptures, did he? Did he ever say, hang on to it for a little bit? You've been kind of bad yesterday, today, and oh, don't forget about 1919 what you did. I don't know if I can heal you right at this minute. You better hang on to it a little bit. He never said that, did he? Never. He never said, come back next week. We'll see what we can do for you. I'll talk to my dad. If he feels like it, he'll do it. What the scripture says is he was the express image of God. He only did the things that please God. And so if sickness and disease was in any way, shape, or form from God... Then, our lovely pastor says, you better use your faith to get some. Right? If. But it's not true, is it? That is not true. It is not from God. It's from the enemy. So you can use everything in your arsenal of the word of God to come against it. Okay. So let's finish up with this. Um, they chose sense knowledge. We better go back to what we know. We better not forge ahead because we don't know what's out there. That's what the 10 said. We can't go forward. We got to go backward. See, where does faith go? Faith always goes forward. You know, faith doesn't stand still. Faith always moves. It's moving. It's making a place where no place existed. It's cutting a path where no path. It is the path less traveled in most cases. So enemy always encourages defeat. It leads you astray, and it does, he does it by sense knowledge. Does it by sense knowledge. They compared, the two compared, God to the problem chose to believe and confess the truth rather than the facts. God gave us this. It is flowing with milk and honey. And yes, let's go do it tomorrow. He said, let's go do it now because God is with us. We can do this. See, God has already won the battle. He's already paid for it. They saw the giants as so insignificant, saw the saw through every fact and confessed truth. They were the eyes of faith. They had eyes of faith, not eyes of the flesh. So faith never rises above its confession. Do you know that? Faith will never rise above its confession. Can, your confession can work for you or against you in every case. And you cannot confess what you don't know. 
Faith begins where the will of God is known. Right? Okay. We are to remove the mountain by speaking faith-filled words. Do it. Whatever we say about the problem is what we get. Whatever we say, I mean, we should have that plastered all over the place. Whatever we say about the problem is what we get. So you get this odd call and says, well, how are you doing? I want to know about the situation, you know. How is the growth? You know, is it still bothering you? Oh, you just don't know how bad it hurts. I think it's growing. You have what you say because that's what you believe in those moments when you're kind of caught off guard, what comes out of your mouth is what is truly hooked up in your heart. And so somebody comes, no, I really want to know how you're doing. I just really want to know how you're doing. Well, bless God, I'll tell you. The Word of God says I'm healed. And if the Word of God says healed, that's where I'm lined up. I am healed. I am whole. Every, every bit of sickness and disease has no right on my body. It has been given orders to flee. And even now as we speak, it's going out. God is wrapping up. He's performing his word. I refuse to believe anything else. Yeah, but I can see you're in pain. Well, keep looking. Keep looking. Because the truth changes every fact. I am not moved by those things. I am not moved by those things. Yeah, but you can't move. Well, do what you can't do. I'm like that little kid sometimes. The devil tells me I can't do some stuff, you know. And um, in, in the natural, it's true. There are some limits. So my thing is I just keep poking holes in the dike. You know, you can picture a big, God gave me this picture one time, and there are double gates, and there's a big, like a big reservoir dam behind it, and he's got this big, big, big brass ring. So you know how big the doors are. And, um, and so like all the water stopped up back there. Can't do anything, can't go anywhere. So I'm on the non-water side, and I'm just drilling little holes. I punch them a little bit. I pick at them a little bit. I pull on this, and I do that. And one day I saw this big dowel. I mean, a big dowel of water shoot out. And I thought, oh, glory to God, let's work on another one. And I got little bitty little streams coming, some water coming under that, and I'm poking this one. And you know what? The enemy tells me the doors will never be open. The floodgates are never open. Nothing's ever going to happen there. And um, so if you look at that great big picture in this little woman, you can't do anything. But you're not looking at that great big picture. I'm looking at my God. So where are we going next? What do you want me to do? I'm doing my part because God's already done his part, and I'm just continually. So it's like if he tells me I can't step over the line, I just kind of put a toe over the line. And then once I get the toe over the line, well, you lied again. If I can put a toe, then I can put a foot. And if I can put a foot... Then it's like when you can't walk and nothing's working right. You know, I fell down the stairs a couple years ago, and I got up, and I knew I was in trouble. And, um, and so I talked what I believed, but I couldn't walk what I believed at the moment. And so I had some help, and I got this little cane, and um, everything talked. Every move I made, I'm telling you, it screamed big time. And all I did was I told it what it's going to do. You know, I told it what it's going to do. It took me about three or four days. But I think after two days, I kind of got rid of the cane and I was hanging on to stuff as I went. And then all the time, it's like, you better go get this checked because you know that is pretty big there and that hurts over there. And then this came up. And that, I'm not telling you not to do things that 
you know to do, you go do them. I'm just telling you what I did in the case. And I just kept on walking and I kept on talking and I kept on walking and I kept on talking it. And one day I woke up and I got out of bed before I remembered that I had things that were talking to me. And I was three or four steps down and I thought, oh, glory to God, here we go. <laughs> and not a thing, completely, totally restored. See, it's the word of God is always working. Just like the enemy is always working, the word of God that you have in you is always working. It's always producing. It never not produces. God said, let there be light, and light was. You're a speaking spirit. Genesis 1, 26, I'm thinking. God, you were created in God's image. You were created a speaking spirit. That means your spirit is speaking. Your mind, your will and emotions have to choose the spiritual things, and your body has no choice. If you do not give it a choice, it has to do. So when the power conduit comes through, it quickens, makes alive your mortal body by a spirit. All right, let's wrap this up. Um, let's see. Everything we need is already in the spiritual realm for us because, because God has already spoken them into being. He already spoke them into being. They're already there. All we have to do is cooperate with what the Word of God says and do it that way. Quit trying to get stuff. Turn this off up here for a minute and listen to me. Everything you know, quit trying to work and earn. That's a mixture of things. We are not under the law. God is not out to get us. He loves us. If we could truly see God in his, he is love, he doesn't have love, he is love. If we could look at that that way and, and take a look and say, I want, God says, I want so much for you to have the fullness. Jesus paid for it. It's paid for. He paid a very high cost for it. It doesn't cost you in terms of money but it costs you just relinquishing to God and let God be God. And you know the, the presence of God. How does God get glory? How does God get glory? We give him glory. But now think about how does God get glory? We do praise, we do worship, we give him glory. When his word is fulfilled, when anybody will respond to what he said and receive, God gets glory. All we got to do is receive the healing that is freely given. Amen. Well, Father, we thank you. We praise you. We do worship you. I thank you for your word. It never returns void unto you. It accomplishes what you please, and it prospers in the thing that it was sent to do. And we thank you today specifically, yes, for healing, for demonstrations, for manifestations, visitations from the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for freedom. Father, yes, somebody in this place today that is bound they're bound by not so much physical things, but tormented by mental, by mental things, whether that's past or present. 
um, but the cage is actually open. The door is open, and you are free to walk out. It's just a choice. Let loose of those things that no longer belong to you because you've been set free. You've been purchased with the price, but you continually go back and grab a hold of that which no longer belongs to you, and you are trapped in that thinking, in the way of doing it, because you refuse to let go. God said this morning, let go, and I will take care of it, he said. I have it covered. It's a done thing. I am just waiting on you. So, Father, I thank you, whoever that person is today, that we do bind every evil thing and we loose the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And, Father, we're asking you, we're thanking you for doing what only you can do in that person's life. Thank you for freedom. Freedom, yes. Joy, yes. Running, yes. Coming out, yes, in Jesus' name. Out of torment, out of mental torment in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, for it. We thank you. We thank you that your word is true. We thank you. We thank you there's no weapon that's formed against us. You never said the weapons wouldn't form, but you said that they would never prosper. So, Father, we grab that, we receive it, we grab a hold of it, and we declare it over our lives. There is no weapon. Sickness, disease, death pronounced on us, no weapon formed against us that prospers in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father. Every seed planet that is not of you, Father, in the name of Jesus, right now we pluck it out. We pluck it out and we speak life into every person. We speak healing and wholeness and regeneration for every part of their being. Father, we're things we don't even know about, but you do. I thank you for healing and delivering and setting free. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.